Welcome to What's Up? Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WHAT, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the old tutoring center suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for our non-traditional campus. My name is Miranda, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Quinn, and my pronouns are he, him. And my name is Julie, and my pronouns are she, her. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be the hosts for this podcast, so let's get into it. Hi, Julie. How are you? Hi, Miranda. I am doing great. Um, So for our podcast today, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, so today we are going to talk about social media, social media addiction, body image, cyberbullying, digital detoxes, the the whole shebang. The whole shebang. Social media is something that we are quite very familiar with because of the pandemic. Yeah, I think especially because of the pandemic, social media has it already played such an important role in our lives and that it's even more today. So. Yeah, no, totally. So let's get into it. Miranda, tell us, what is social media addiction? Yeah, so social media addiction, it's a behavioral addiction. It's defined by being overly concerned about social media, driven by an uncontrollable urge to log on to or use social media. And when you're devoting so much time and effort to social media, it actually impairs other important life areas. And an estimated 5 to 10% of Americans meet these criteria for social media addiction. It's, it's not talked about a lot, but it's very common. No, I feel like social media addiction is kind of like the silent epidemic that we have, especially during the whole pandemic and even post-pandemic, how we have kind of integrated into our life, our daily life, that it's really hard for us to recognize whether or not we are experiencing social media addiction. Right, especially because social media is so new. I mean, looking back, Facebook, I think, was founded in 2007. So really, we have not had social media for that long. Um, And so social media addiction, there's just not as much research because it is so new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So speaking of some social, uh, speaking of social media addiction, some of the symptoms that folks may experience include mood modification, which is engagement in social media, leading to a favorable change in emotional state. Yeah, um, another symptom is salience, where it's behavioral, cognitive, and emotional preoccupation with social media. Um, And the next one is tolerance, which is ever-increasing use of social media over time. Just that change and increasement in your time invested into um, being on social media. You can also experience withdrawal symptoms like with any other addiction. Um, And so that would be when you're experiencing unpleasant physical and emotional symptoms when social media is restricted or stopped. And similarly, um, conflict, um, interpersonal problems ensuing because of social media usage. Yeah, and lastly, a symptom that is also pretty uh, common is relapse. So is addicted individuals quickly reverting back to their excessive social media usage after an absence period? So some may notice that they've spent quite a while trying to distance themselves from social media or technology as a whole. Um, 
but then noticing that they're kind of falling back into that pattern. Right. Um, And so if you know anything about addiction, some of these symptoms might sound familiar. And that's because social media addiction is a lot like other addictions. So social media produces the same neural circuitry circuitry that is caused by gambling. Um, This stream of retweets, likes, and shares, um, it triggers the same kind of chemical reaction seen with um, different drugs like cocaine. So Social media is causing a dopamine rush. So just like any other addiction, it is it, there's a chemical reaction happening in your brain and your brain is re- rewiring itself to become addicted to social media. Um, yeah, that's a great point that Miranda brought up. We don't really notice the impact of social media to the brain and how it affects our brain. So it provides an endless amount of immediate rewards when you're on social media. Um, This may look like likes or retweets, as mentioned, or just attention from others, um, which makes users want to come back for more. Like it feels like an incentive. And every single time we're coming back, it feels rewarding. Right. And that's that positive reinforcement taking place. Um, Another big thing with social media um, in real life, (laughs) in real life, in in-person physical spaces, people talk about themselves about 30 to 40% of the time. But on social media, this rises to 80% of the time. So talk like having that self-focus can also lead to that addiction as well. Yeah, when we brought up that statistics, I was actually so surprised. I cannot believe that in person, like you mentioned, um, we only talk about ourselves 30, 40%, but when we're on social media, increases like by twice of it, which is 80%, which we all know that when we're talking about ourselves, we'll be more self-critical and all that. So it can lead to many other behaviors. Yeah. I think you also see when you are presenting yourself online and speaking about yourself online, you're getting that those reactions back and whatever behavior you're presenting is being reinforced. So for example, you may post a photo of you going out drinking with your friends on the weekend. You get a lot of likes on that photo and that might reinforce that behavior. Um, I actually follow a user on TikTok who he got famous for making drink recipes. Um, and because of this reinforcement, he felt like he kept having to do this and kept having to make these recipes. He actually fell into um, active alcoholism and is now sober and struggling with that addiction as well as TikTok. So it definitely, the behavior that you're presenting on social media can be reinforced, both positive and negative. Yeah. And social media can be a great way for you to build community as what Miranda was saying. You can build connections and relationships with other, but it can become harmful if people use it as a coping mechanism for stress, loneliness, or depression. So I really want to emphasize on that phrase of coping mechanism. It's totally fine. There's no problem when it comes to using social media. Like I said, it's part of our daily lives now, our daily routine and all. But once it becomes some sort of thing for us to rely on, that's when it becomes the issue is when we become reliant on social media um, to overcome struggles and obstacles. Right. Um, I think a great example of sort of the balance between using social media as a coping mechanism versus a positive tool is looking at the link between social media and body image. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
like what Miranda is saying, there's positive and negative feedback. So that comes to the impact as well. So there are positive impacts through the usage of social media. For example, there are body image advocacy on social media um, in which they can make a huge impact on individuals and their overall health. Like there are some very motivating, inspiring influencers out there that we follow, which motivates us to create positive change in our lives. Um, However, there are also the negatives, right, Miranda? Yeah. Um, so I think this sort of, there, like Julie said, there are positive and negatives on social media. There are users that are posting uplifting content that can help us better ourselves, better our mindsets, better our lives. But there are also users posting very negative content. So I think this sort of brings up what, what can the social media sites do to help combat these things. So for example, Instagram, unlike other social media sites like Tumblr, um, has made um, certain keywords and hashtags unsearchable that are related to eating disorder specific or just some other topics as well. So Instagram sort of regulating the usage of those keywords can be, I feel, very helpful in lessening the negative impacts and sort of increasing positive communication in the spaces. Yeah, and surveys show that women think about their bodies more in general, even if the thinking is positive and could boost self-esteem. However, it can also leave, uh, lead them to negative negative uh, critics about themselves, um, in which talking about kind of negative feedbacks, some negative impacts that we may see through the uses of social media includes um, psychological disorder. Social media hasn't been definitely pro proven to cause psychological disorder, but it can intensify pre-existing mental health conditions. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you bring up, Julie, that, well, social media may not actually cause psychological disorders. It like you said, it can intensify them. Um, a study surveying 227 female college students actually found that young women who spend more time on Facebook feel more concerned about their body. Um, and a similar study surveying 1,000 men and women found that 87% of women and 65% of men compare their bodies to images on social and traditional media. Um, some of this is good comparison and some of this is bad. Uh, about 50% of women and 37% of the men surveyed in this study were comparing their bodies unfavorably. So definitely more of the comparison is unfavorable, but there is um, favorable and positive comparison going on, I think. Yeah, when Miranda's talking about comparison, I think that's one of the most crucial points that we should definitely talk about when it comes to social media. Um, everything that we post online, that's what you want others to see. That's mm -hmm. not your whole life encapsulate, especially if you're following influencers, anyone famous, singers, actress, all those people. They're just trying to present the best version of the, their, themselves and that we can't compare our whole life to that. And that's something that we would like to remind many is like who you follow and what you consume can impact your reality and that do not let all of those kind of false reality like make themselves turn into your reality. Definitely. Like your real life experience is – it's impossible to compare that accurately to somebody's highlight reel online. Um, 
And this is partially because of editing, partially just because of people choose to highlight the things that they feel good about and not highlight maybe some of the less positive things going on in their lives. Um, people do not share an accurate presentation of themselves online. Even if they may try to, there's always going to be some alteration of their life. You cannot, no matter how much you post, you can't shit completely share an entire real life and an entire real person through a social media account. Yeah, totally. Um, so speaking of that whole comparison and all, um, we should talk about the connection between social media and kind of body image, body dysmorphia. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned before, there is editing. I'm sure you all know that a lot of social media is edited. So this can create a twofold problem, editing both other people's photos and your own. So partially, like we were talking about, you can compare yourself to a false reality um, and creating an illusion, which can lead to discontentment about how you present yourself. But Editing of your own photos can also give your brain this false sense of control when it comes to altering your own body, leading to potentially drastic measures you might take in real life to alter your body um, unrealistically. Yeah, and when you do that, you kind of create this unrealistic expectation for yourself is from your lifestyle into the way you perceive the world. You kind of create this illusion basically about how things are going and when you create those changes it can be drastic because of course when you see something you kind of want it right away which can lead to uh, detrimental behaviors such as unhealthy eating behaviors which can also lead to uh, eating disorder but some of those behaviors can also stem from that comparison of body image and all right um I, i've definitely heard stories of people um, who work in um, like plastic surgeons and they'll have people come in and say, well, I like this Snapchat filter. Can you make my face look like this Snapchat filter? And I think a lot of a lot of the filters and a lot of the editing has given us sort of a mis false perception on how we can alter our bodies and leading people to take drastic measures. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with plastic surgery, obviously, like we're all adults. We can do whatever you want with your body. It's it's your body and whatever makes you happy at the end of the day is important. But I think it's also important to note that social media may be causing these insecurities or at least highlighting them. Yeah, like what Moreno is saying, just a sense of insecurity and like discontentment with ourselves. And that because of that, it makes it difficult for us to accept who we are and our true authentic self, um, which can lead to many kind of self-stress and all. So it's really important yeah. for us to know that um, stick to reality and that not everything you see online is true. Yeah. Um, and there, there's also, um, we mentioned a little bit that there is positive content in social media. So there's a huge body positive um, community on Instagram, YouTube, all different social medias. There's a giant body positive um, community with lots and lots of creators um, who can help individuals become more accepting and appreciative of their bodies um, and also can help connect you with a body positive community and with others within it. Um, 
So I think some tips here, examine who you're following and why you follow them. Um, if somebody's not content is not making you feel good, you have no like requirement to follow them. Even if it's your friend, you do not have to follow somebody on Instagram or TikTok just because they're your friend if they're that, making you feel bad. Yeah, that's so true. Well, for me personally, I've gone through that before following people who kind of post contents that are considered toxic. It makes me feel like kind of invalidate who I am as a person. And so we just have to learn kind of to unplug, you know, unfollow them. Just don't. You don't want mm -hmm. their content in what you do, especially since we spend so much time exposing ourselves to social media and also everything that is on that on those platforms will influence our thoughts and our actions. And also, yeah, make sure to unfollow accounts that post contents that make you feel discontent about yourself and instead follow people who are motivating, inspiring, or content that kind of promote self-growth. Right. Yeah. Find those accounts that promote body positivity, especially those that don't ascribe to traditional societal beauty standards um, and follow them if they make you feel good. Um, and you can also use your own social media to advocate for body positivity so that the people that are consuming your content are not made to feel put down. Yeah. And speaking of self-image, I would like we would like to talk about cyberbullying. So self-image is still one out of many factors that make users feel bad. It also coincides with an increase in cyberbullying um, and that there has been extensive research on how social media has influenced bullying in general. Yeah, um, especially during the pandemic, it's been reported there's an increase in cyberbullying. And I think a lot of that has to do with people spending more time on their devices. But in general, like bullying cyberbullying is a lot harder to track and a lot harder to mitigate than the more like, traditional bu bullying that takes place in, in a hallway or in a classroom or a workplace. Yeah, totally. And cyberbullying is, it's very prevalent because of um, our usage of social media. And the thing about cyberbullying is that since it's online, most time it is anonymous and it's so hard for us to kind of um pin down the exact matter whoever wherever it started it's really hard for us to track it down since it's so easy for it it's like like wildfire it can spread right away go viral right. in a minute and so it's really hard for us to put an end to how fast it can spread yeah and i think that's important both on people who are getting cyber bullied but also people who may be intentionally or unintentionally cyberbullying somebody. I think, Julie, you bring up a really good point that things can go viral instantly. And the original poster does not necessarily have control of that, how viral something goes, especially on platforms like TikTok that use algorithms to make things go viral. And so even if you, you may be posting something thinking it's only going to a couple really close friends and that nobody's going to see it, but you really have no guarantee that that's going to happen. Even on private accounts, people can share things and things can get out of control really fast. So I think it's just so important to be mindful of what you post and how you present yourself and what you say about others, especially. 
Yeah, and that tying back to kind of how social media impacts our psychological health and all. So there has been correlation of like anxiety, depression, isolation, loneliness, lack of uh, peer support, and a reduction in opportunities for stress and emotion regulation. So even if you were to seek out support through online, it's still not the same because when you're online you don't really well of course you get to select what kind of content you're exposed to but you don't get that same support as if you were to be in person so being online in general yeah you get the good out of it but also that negative effect of not getting the same support if it was to be in person yeah and i I think it's important to note too like I'm, i'm sure you all know but the whole phrase sticks and stones may break my bones but words can never hurt me is so 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 wrong and um, cyberbullying, while it may not involve physical violence, can be just as harmful or even more harmful in cases to a person's mental well-being and physical well-being. And so it's it's just as bad, if not worse. And I think cyberbullying sometimes gets swept under the rug, but it is so important to talk about when it comes to bullying because of how harmful it can be. Yeah. And for the generations to come as well. Now mm-hmm. that younger uh there is we have a younger audience now like our audience just gets younger and younger because they're getting exposed to kind of social media and technology at an earlier age we need to be very mindful and in a way to protect those young audience uh young users on social media and how to prevent them from kind of falling into that whole detrimental psychological state where um it is pretty prevalent among the users right yeah you make a really good point even if social media tries to limit the ages of their users in practice that's very difficult to do and so i think it's important to be mindful if you're interacting with somebody online if you don't you don't know them you don't know who they are you don't know where they're from you don't know how old they are they could be 11 years old interacting with them so i think it's important to treat everyone with kindness not just because they might be a child you should treat everybody with kindness but definitely remember that some of the people online are very young and their thoughts and opinions may not be formed fully and so Mm -hmm. it's good to be a positive influence as well yeah um so now after talking about the effects of social media and how it can be a positive or negative impact we would like to talk about good practices for digital detox. So what are some questions that we can ask ourselves, Miranda? Yeah, so if you might be considering a digital detox, you can ask yourself some of these questions. Do you feel urges to use social media more and more or the urge to pick up your phone when you hear a sound or vibration? Do you use social media to forget or put off personal problems? Do you often try to reduce the use of social media without any success? Do you become restless or troubled if you're unable to use social media? Or do you use social media so much it's had a negative impact on your job or studies? Um, And if you answer yes to any of those questions, that might be something where you might want to consider a digital detox. Um, So what is a digital detox, Julia? Yeah, digital detox is a period of time during which someone significantly reduces the time they spend using electronic devices. So if you're feeling like you're falling into the whole like I cannot stay away from my phone kind of ideal or like answering yes to all of those questions, you should consider 
digital detox, giving yourself that time and that space to allow yourself to think for yourself and not have to think about others or what others are thinking about yourself. Yeah, um, some possible ways you could digitally detox. You can turn off your sound notifications and manage your do not disturb option either during work hours or all hours of the day. Um, you can only check social media once an hour, for example. Um, you can limit your screen time through your phone settings um, so that you can only spend a certain amount of time on a social media platform during each day. Um, you can also self-impose some non-screen time, such as during meal times or a couple hours before bed. Yeah, and you know we all have that habit of looking at our phones before we go to bed, and um, which gives us a little um, sneak peek to next week's episode where we talk about blue lights and how be spending so much time on social media or just on our tech devices have impacted our um, physical lifestyles and stuff like that. Definitely. Um, so overall, obviously, we've talked about a lot of things today. I think it's I think one sort of factoid that we can leave you with is an estimated 27% of children who spend three or more hours a day on social media exhibit symptoms of poor mental health. And this, the study that that's from was not studying adults, but this can also be applied to adults. The more time use, there's many studies that have been done, the more time spent on social media, the more likelihood of exhibiting poor mental health symptoms. Um, and well, this, this is a correlation and there's not necessarily the research to show that social media is causing these things. It definitely can exacerbate them. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, like what we're talking about, ever, ever since tech has existed, it has helped us but also harmed us. Um, and so, yeah, that's why we're going to have this whole mini series for um, technology and talking about how it affects different facets of our life and the different nuances that it brings into um, how we perceive the world. Um, so yeah, that is probably all that we have for this week's episode on social media. As I mentioned before, next week we'll be talking about blue lights and Zoom fatigues, something that I'm pretty sure the majority of us have experienced during the pandemic. Definitely. Well, it has been great chatting with you today, Julie, and all of our listeners. We hope you have a wonderful week, um, and we'll see you next time. Yes. Thank you, Miranda. We'll see you all next time. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the What's Up podcast. We'll catch up with you next week. We at Shack are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing, or general appointments at 503-725-2800. Counseling services are still available via telehealth, and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number at 503-725-2800. If you're looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your pdx.edu email every Wednesday, or you can download the CampusWell app. Also, feel free to check out the virtual MindSpot experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including resources links in the episode description as well as a link to the episode transcript. 
If you have any questions about health, wellness, shack, or anything we discussed in this podcast, please fill out the Google form in the episode description. Thanks for listening and take care. We'll see you next week on What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor.